This is a Federal News Network podcast. The new normal this time of year is for those in the federal contracting community to wait and hope Congress enacts funding for the next fiscal year. Plus, there's always those changes in the federal acquisition regulations. So who's making the lives of the government's industry partners easier and who deserves a lump of coal from Santa this year? To find out, I got the chance to speak with Larry Allen from Allen Federal Business Partners. Well, Eric, what contractors and their government customers should look out for is that each individual spending agency will likely have its budget allocation by the beginning of February, maybe the first week of February. Uh, Given the time of year, it'll usually take that long before OMB does what it needs to do after Congress finalizes the bill uh, so that each individual agency gets their money for the remainder of the fiscal year. This is the new best case scenario, I think, that contractors and their government customers can expect to see. Uh, That is Congress passing a bill uh, before the end of the calendar year instead of before the end of the fiscal year. We haven't seen Congress really pass appropriations uh, very much at all before the end of the fiscal year. So doing it before the calendar year is the new normal. And in fact, If you're a contractor and you haven't started to plan for that cycle, you should, because many of your government customers already have done this. So they're used to working under the first quarter of the year under a CR. If they are, you should be too. Yeah, if it's a new normal, and at least you can plan for it, uh, it it may not be the best way to do things, but uh, at least that provides some stability, I imagine. It does provide stability, and it's a whole lot of a better deal than what we've seen a couple of years when it's not until late winter or early spring that Congress passes an appropriations bill, Eric. Uh, And then that has the similar delays, too. You know, let's say that we waited till March. Well, it would have been April, almost spring break time before agencies had their individual spending account, which would really have put the year on a short track. It's no way to run a government business, and it's no way to run a government agency. Another thing that they could possibly be happy about is what seems to be the uh, vaunted return of earmarks, uh, the amount of earmarks coming through to the possible omnibus appropriations measure. Uh, what, what can you tell me about that? Eric, earmarks are congressional uh, diktats, if you will, that uh, tell federal agencies, we want you to spend this money in this way. And frequently, it's at least implied that it's going to be spent with a specific company or group of companies. And Congress had done away with earmarks, oh, maybe seven or eight years ago. But frankly, if you're a Washington watcher and you understand how Congress operates, you knew earmarks weren't going to go away forever. And in fact, they're back this appropriation cycle in a vengeance. And... If you're a contractor and you now that you know that, you really ought to be reaching out to your elected officials, pointing out all of the wonderful things that you can do, not just for the government writ large, but right there in that individual congressional district or state, and see if you can work with your members to have some earmarks put in next year's appropriations bill for you. Uh, it's not the way to build a government business, but ignoring it and pretending it doesn't happen isn't smart either. So I think it's important to understand that the age of the earmark is back. 
and that it's definitely worth having a government affairs capability that's tied to your government business so that you can leverage those opportunities. Well, new year means usually new rules for contractors. Uh, what about the uh, what, well, what's the uh, the far implementing new rules pertaining to climate reporting requirements as well as cybersecurity measures? Uh, what are the ones that you are on the hunt for the most? So, Eric, I really think that contractors need to understand what's going down in terms of the addition of new rules to their contract. Before I talk about a couple of specifics, I want to give a positive shout out to the General Services Administration. GSA is out trying to alert contractors saying, hey, guys, these are new rules that are coming soon to a contract near you. And like GSA, I think the contractors really need to pay attention because these rules are going to change the way you do business with the government. And the net of the Eric, is that they're going to add new tracking requirements and new reporting requirements. Take the greenhouse gas initiative, which is going to be one of the first things that contractors see. In fact, there's a greenhouse gas provision already in a current RFP that GSA issued just a couple of weeks ago that requires contractors to track all of their greenhouse gas emissions uh, up to a certain amount uh, based on varying industry standards. And then not only do you track them, you have to now report on what you find. And if your contracts with the government are large enough, you have to provide a remediation plan for how you're going to seek to reduce your greenhouse gas emissions. That's probably the biggest one. Uh, what's also notable here is that uh, FAR Part 23, the sustainable procurement chapter of the FAR, is going to be totally rewritten. And that Congress overall, or the administration overall, rather, is pushing contracting officers to minimize the risk of climate change and acquisition generally. These are all things that are going to manifest themselves into new requirements in your contract, even an existing contract. On the cyber side, I think, Eric, the biggest thing that contractors need to look out for is the major software supply chain rule that's coming down. It impacts anybody that is selling uh, software to the government. So even if you're a reseller, it's not like you have to come up with a new system, but you and the company that you're buying this software from, the OEM, the, the distributor, you have to understand what these new rules are Make sure that you and your industry partners have the processes in place to comply, because while it's a requirement for maybe the software publisher or software creator, if you're the prime contractor, you're going to have to follow these rules, too. So all in all, I think we can expect more regulation on government contracts in 2023, not less. It sounds like GSA acquisition officials made your nice list in spirit of the season. Uh, who's on your naughty list if I were, if you were Santa? <laughs> well, well, Eric, they did. GSA acquisition policy did make my nice list. If I was going to put together a naughty list and be uh, procurement Santa Claus, I think I would have to put uh, the CIOSP protesters uh, on the uh, NITAC CSP contract on the list. Uh, everybody wants the ability to compete, but you can't compete for a contract if it's consistently uh, being protested. I think the Office of Management and Budget might be on the naughty list. They're being a little bit less than transparent 
uh, about what they're doing in terms of acquisition. And while it's not entirely their uh, fault, they don't have a administrator for the hospital procurement policy. Uh, somebody has to, to be on the hook for that. And if I was going to put somebody uh, else on there, I might put GSA's Alliant 3 team on the naughty list. Uh, and that, they land on that list for really curtailing discussions with industry. Uh, and I think in some level being very uh, circumspect about answering contractor questions, even almost to the point of not answering the day and time, what they're asked, what day and time it is. Anybody else who will not be receiving the coal from Santa Larry Allen? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's usually there's some of the usual suspects, Eric, the people that hide behind email and voicemail and the companies, the uh, government agencies, rather, that don't haven't looked at the new FAR rule that promotes industry government co cooperation and discussion. Uh, you see a lot of chilling non-discussion, even in areas where you could have a discussion. But look, there are also people that do things positively, people on the Santa list that do things right, uh, CMS, IRS, labor, and of course, NASA soup. All of these are groups that communicate with industry and are responsive to industry concerns. So we want to mention the good and the bad, uh, but don't be surprised if you haven't been communicating that you end up with a lump of coal in your contracting stocking. Larry Allen is president of Allen Federal Business Partners. You can find our interview with him on our website at federalnewsnetwork.com slash federal drive. Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. Sean Ferguson, Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Chief of Staff to the Office of the Chairman at the Special Olympics, joins host Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, to discuss the importance of leadership, inclusion, and community building. To learn more about how you can get involved with the Special Olympics in your community, visit specialolympics.org slash get dash involved. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned working with that community? Oh, uh, yeah, almost... Uh... Shane, it's almost immeasurable. The things I've learned since I've been with Special Olympics. I, um, one of the things that drew me to Special Olympics uh, when I made the move over from from the NFL uh, was that my mother, my grandmother, my aunt all took care of of people with intellectual disabilities and 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 physical disabilities as well. So all of my life, I was uh, interacting and around um, usually usually young people, but also adults with disabilities. And so I, I knew that I knew that work a bit, you know, they, they basically were in direct care. And, and I will say, and on, a, obviously we'll say about my, my family, my mother, my aunt, my grandmother, they're saints. Uh, but, uh, the, the men and women that do take care of people with uh, profound disabilities are, are really, um, you know, we, we can't do enough to salute them. Um, they're, they're really heroes. And, um, so I was, I was drawn when I, I, and I just saw that, you know, Special Olympics was looking for someone and I thought, well, you know, I'll take a look at it and see, see, you know, throw, send in my information and lo and behold, I, I, I get hired and, um, I learn uh, every day, almost something from, especially from our athletes. Uh, we're blessed to have a number of athletes that work here in our office in Washington, DC. And, you know, uh, Terrell, who, who works in, in our mailroom, who comes by with packages and deliveries, 
uh, if you're having a day that's, you know, getting away from you and you, you <laughs> coffee hasn't kicked in, but Terrell comes by, always happy, always enthused, uh, has a has a good story. Like it can just turn a day around for you. And 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 you think of I I you know often when he'll walk away, I'll be like, you know, whatever was bothering me or whatever is, you know, stressing me out. And come on, you know, like look at look at Terrell. Like he he, he faces everything with optimism and. And, and I've seen that also in our going to competitions in throughout the United States and globally, you see people who have had everything stacked against them. You know, their parents, when they were born, were often told this is a tragedy and you should, you should, you know, send your, this child away. Don't, don't, you know, and kind of forget about them, Get, turn them over to the state or, or wherever. And, and, you know, that, you know, just kind of watch, watch your hands of it. Um, and, and, and in, in these cases, the parents didn't do that, thankfully. Um, and, but they've still faced enormous challenges, you know, and, but you see them out competing on the basketball courts or the football fields or swimming and, uh, and, and, you know, besting their times from, from their last competition. And they're so committed and just keep fighting through all the obstacles that they've had in front of them that are not just on the sports field, but also in growing up and finding education and finding groups to be part of and trying to find jobs. And, and, and I've seen so much perseverance and grit uh, from a the athletes of Special Olympics that uh, I, I, Tim Triver, my boss, the chairman, uh, says all the time, and I couldn't agree with him more, uh, we get more than we give. Uh, working with Special Olympics, it, you know, we, and thank you for your very kind words about the work I do and we do, but but we're the lucky ones. We, those of us that work here are the lucky ones because I I said to someone the other day, you know, the things that I've been able to see and experience with athletes, you just don't get to do that anywhere. That that you know, it's a, and it's so unique and it's so uh, joyful and and I mean, we work hard and you know, we we're up against you know the things that nonprofits are up against and you know the you know the issues of the day. But uh, man, you see, it, it, and 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 the inclusion and the at Special Olympics, no one's excluded. You know, no, right. no one's excluded. Everyone yeah. is equal at Special Olympics. And, and, you know, in a country that's quite divided on so many lines, politically and uh, socially, uh, economically, race and uh, sexual orientation and whatnot. But you go to Special Olympics and everyone's involved. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's equal. And I've learned that it's a model for our country and for our world. Uh, I, I just think that that if if people were involved in Special Olympics in experience the power of Special Olympics for themselves, I, I, I can't imagine that one help our country and help our world um, to experience that true inclusion and acceptance of difference. How, how do we get, how can listeners get involved in Special Olympics? Ways to get involved? Uh, tons of ways. So uh, volunteers, obviously, coaches, officials, uh, and, and the thing that, that, that uh, Tim Shriver has done uh, and really pushed in the years that he's been chairman is the unified sports model that, that I mentioned earlier, um, where people and, and it doesn't have to be. Uh, it's not just school age. It's it's, uh, you know, we say nine to ninety nine or uh, year old uh, folks uh, that play on teams, uh, bowl together, golf together, play soccer, basketball together. Uh, people with and without intellectual disabilities competing on teams together. Um, and that is, I, I think, when you when you go back to the 
founding uh, of our organization, what Mrs. Tri- Mrs. Shriver was trying to do uh, was to to uh, create inclusion opportunities for people with intellectual disabilities. And you see it at these unified sports events where people with and without are playing together. We still have traditional uh, teams where it's all people with intellectual disabilities competing with other uh, teams, all intellectual disabilities. But this model of inclusive sports and inclusive leadership programs and whatnot, I think is truly revolutionizing and changing the way people see uh, others with intellectual disabilities. That's just like, I mean, that's what we that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people together and bridge difference and, and, and celebrate differences and that our athletes, man, are some of the grittiest people that you will meet. And, and, uh, and there's a lot to learn from our athletes and playing sports with them and interacting is, is how you'll learn it. Check us out, uh, you know, uh, specialolympics.org on, on our website, uh, that will link you to your local program. You can follow through the, the clicks of how to get involved and where, what's closest to you. You'll enjoy it. I can promise you that. Well, thank you very much, Sean. And, and to everybody listening, I'm Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, and we'll, uh, Talk to you next time on the Lessons in Leadership podcast. Why do dry January when you could do sweaty January? Right now, get up to $500 off Peloton Tread Packages. Take your training to the next level with accessories like a heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, yoga mat, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Tread Basics Package. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.